it would be like, oh, you know, I hurt my hamstring, but I didn't really hurt it. So I'm like, all right, mm-hmm. let's go through, like, realistically, yeah. I would test them. I'm like, there's really no muscle tension difference. And I, and I know it's subjective because it's hand tested, but I'd be like, hey, yep. I'm going to take you through this. And then they'd go through some of those motions like, oh, yeah, it doesn't really hurt anymore. And I, I'd try awesome. to explain to them, like, length tension issues. And yeah. am, am I completely outside of my scope and just full I don't of- think so. I don't think so because you didn't diagnose anything. You didn't treat the injury. You're literally saying, hey, here's this this – the perturbation is this hamstring pain and you just say, here's a little light isometric deal that has like, you know, tissue benefits and neurological benefits. And if you got lucky, you got lucky. I don't think that's outside your scope at all. In my mind, says okay. the guy who doesn't have a medical license. Yeah, no, exactly. Me neither. And that's the thing where it's <laughs> right. just like, right. But at the same time, the people that have a medical license can be yeah. over, like I've heard doctors be like, Oh, you've got some, you know, knee pain. You have patel. First of all, it's always called, Tendinop, or it's called tendon, tendon, wow, patella tendonitis. But realistically, yeah. we know it's like some sort of tendinopathy, just some tendon pain. And then yeah. with the medical license, they'll say, "Oh, don't do anything." But we know that that isn't what they right. should be doing. Correct. I mean, like all the research, especially in the last couple of years, it's like the worst thing to do is do nothing. Like so, even randomly moving around is better than like icing it and sitting around doing nothing. So, yeah. Because I, I had mean, some kids that had like pelvic pain too, and that had been one of the biggest things was teaching them within the bridge position with mm. the hips going either way, like yeah. truly trying to teach them to, to have their hips move independently. Yes. Um, would yes. you recommend for any of those athletes like, okay, Hey, you know, obviously six, six is something that you find important. Do you yes. recommend extra? Like, would you be prescribing that exercise itself or what mm. else would you be doing? Interesting. So uh, that's a great question. Uh, it's different. Um, how do I frame it? Like, I think a lot of things in our industry historically have been geared towards the hardware or the tissue and you think of it as motor learning. And to me, motor learning is like how we acquire skill. And the main way we do that is repetitive practice, right? So rehearsal, whatever you want to call it, rehearse pattern. I think motor control is a totally different animal. So we have a lot of people in the industry like, oh, we're doing this neuro stuff, but then they're doing repetitions. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, one guy's changing the light bulb. We're like at the fuse box. And once I get the right, you know, I find the right fuse that got, uh, you know, flipped off. Once we turn it back on, it's on. Like it's kind of set it and forget it. So when I'm running someone through square one stuff, the whole idea is I don't have to redo it again. Cause if I gave the nervous system what it needs, we don't need to necessarily rehearse that specific thing. I look at it, it's almost preparing the soil so that just do your workout. And now what we're doing is you have more horsepower under the hood and everything you're doing is probably okay. So all we're doing is trying to bolster the software and then don't even think about it. Just just do your normal workouts and do your normal stuff. So whenever we have te- uh, students that come in, a lot of times we have strength coaches, personal trainers are probably our two big markets. I'm like, guys, what's really cool with this stuff, we don't really have to do correctives. We literally just have to give the nervous system the sensory input it needs to get kind of whole again. And then we just challenge it and challenge it and challenge it. And once we kind of get it where, all right, squat isn't busting them up and, and, and lunge and bench press isn't breaking the software, well, then just go train. Don't don't even worry about what we did in the session. Just go do your stuff. So we put these pieces in. And then when you go, go and move and do your workout, that's how it learns how to integrate it all together. So anything you want to do that doesn't hurt, go for it. So I don't, I don't think you have to do homework with square one related material. For anybody that is – let's call it the skeptic or the doubting Tom that is hearing this. And they're like, okay, but 
but how are you doing it? Like, how is it nervous? Like just kind of dive into that and address that for them. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. It's, I always tell people it's so much easier for me to show you than to tell you. It's, it's really simple. Um, Taking a quick break from the show, everybody. Promises will take less than 15 seconds. Friendly reminder, go ahead, hit that subscribe button below. It helps us out, and it helps you out by being notified whenever we have new content come out. So hit that subscribe button, and with this, let's get back to the show. It's it's so simple, it looks like it shouldn't do a single thing, right? It's it's seriously, it's like it's – because people are so used to like, I'm going to pop this, I'm going to rub the sore spot. Yeah, uh, we're gonna make you sweat, and I'm not anti any of those things on the front end. But literally, all we're doing is we're looking at your three sensory systems that contribute to your postural control system. So we're looking at vision, the vestibular system, and proprioception. Okay, and square one originally started off as a proprioceptive reset. So we're looking at specific joint actions. So when we run someone through square one and we find out, okay, here's the culprit right now in real time. This is the joint action that right now this person's subconscious, this joint action is being perceived as load intolerant to ground reaction forces. So if, if the issue is like hip extension in the moment, all we have them do is contract, perform an isometric contraction into hip extension for about two or three seconds. We check our work and that's a little longer discussion how we do it. It's real simple. We just look at these two phases, right step versus left step. We make sure there's no neurological preference. You can turn your head right, check, head left, check. If they're good, they're good. And then we challenge them again. Oh, now we find it's left hip extend, uh, external rotation. The input is just perform an isometric contraction in the left hip external rotation. If we're going through the proprioceptive route, it's as simple as a two second isometric. If we're looking at restoring balance between right versus left, up versus down as it relates to the vestibular system, it really is head position and a nasal inhale. So it's literally, if we're gonna reset left step, it's left lean, sniff, right head turn sniff, check our work, it's good to go. So it's super, the inputs are like, if you heard somebody doing this, I don't know, you're not doing this. I mean, it's, it's literally like, if you can nasal breathe, turn your head, raise your arm overhead, the, the inputs are hyper-specific, so it's not about the intensity. It's about what does the nervous system say, tell us that it needs right now. And it's just position of head, position of the eyes with nasal breathing, or a position of a joint where you lightly contract into it. So it's super gentle. How in the world did you figure that out? Like, did oh, you know? Like, uh, Seriously. Uh, yeah, drink, um, it's crazier. That I'm, I'm always about minimal effective dose. Because you said earlier about, like, scope of practice. So I'm like, okay, here I am. I'm not... I'm not a massage person, you know, massage therapist. I'm not a PT. I'm not a doc. So my whole thing is like minimal effective dosage. So like there's some trigger, whether it's a trigger or the inputs, I'm always, I find something that works. I'm like, okay, how do I dial it down? Because if it's, I'm trying to get people away from, you know, any kind of risky tissue situation. So like one time we found a trigger was just this longitudinal reload, the person longitudinally through the spine. And at first I had like, you know, they're laying their back. I have a rubber, you know, big rubber band. I'm yanking on them. And then like, okay, that worked. Like, okay, I'm, I don't want to hurt someone who comes with a neck issue. So then I'm going lighter and lighter. Eventually I'm getting them up and I'm touching their head. Then I'm touching them with one finger. And then I had a bald dude who came in. A little hair was sticking up. I touched the hair and it triggered. I'm like, holy crap. So what's crazy with the nervous system is how hypersensitive it is to all kinds of different inputs, whether they're good inputs or bad inputs. And good or bad is really predicated by that person's current neurological status. So literally just um, just trial and error on thousands of sessions, literally finding out what works and looking for that minimal effective dosage is really how we found it. 
how often did you find that people would come in and the load intolerant tissue changed? Mm. Like you said, it was hip extension here. Like every, if I came in. Every time, every time, every person's ever been at my table. 